Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tystein. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing extremely, extremely well. I feel like once we finished the NFC East preview pod, it was almost like a season is starting. That's like, it. No more previews. We're we about to start Labor Day weekend. Away. You got any fun plans this weekend? You doing anything nope. on your last free weekend? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Watching football all weekend. <laughs> That's Atta really boy. it. My my uh, wife is a, uh, does photography and so like professionally, and so she has some shoots on Sunday, and so okay. Like, I, I'm being a very good dad on Sunday, so that, boy. That, that's, and that's I can do that. Thing. That's the last Sunday I'm available for 22 weeks, so yeah, that's right. might as well get it in that's now. Right. I'm getting my good dadship right now. That's good. I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure you'll enjoy that. Nice little quiet weekend. Yeah. So we have already done all the previews. If you have not listened to all of our division previews, they're available in your podcast feed. We have individual videos on all 32 teams on our YouTube channel, so if you just want to watch your team, that is readily available on the Athletic Football Show YouTube channel. Today, we're going to do our first of two kind of previewy predictions sort of shows that we're going to throw out here the week of the season. We're recording this on Friday, just a disclaimer, so we don't have to record over the holiday weekend. This will be in your feeds on Monday, so if anything changes between now and then, just keep that in mind. And then Thursday of this week, we're going to have our typical awards predictions sort of show. But we wanted to do something a little bit different this year. So on the second half of the show, we're going to trot out some... Some mildly spicy thoughts about the NFL season. The way that we're couching this is, I wouldn't be surprised if blank. So this isn't something you necessarily believe will happen, but you think that there is a reasonable chance that it happens. So this is a way to protect ourselves while also throwing out some stuff that we want to try out there before the year. There's a couple that even reasonable might be a stretch for oh, what good, I'm about good. to present. I'm so glad because so, uh, I held back on mine. So I really hope that you're swinging for the fences with yours. It's a mix. It's a mixed bag. But it, I, how I looked at it was a non-zero chance. So even if there's a, a there's a multiverse where this happened, like that is kind of how I'm looking at it. So there's some that aren't like that, but there's a couple that. Uh, and just hear me out, everybody. It's not saying I'm, this is going to happen, but I'm just saying there might be one timeline where this happens. The other thing that we're doing today, we wanted to do something this season where we had some skin in the game over the course of the year, where we had stakes over the entire regular season. So what we're going to do is we're going to draft 10 teams, five teams each that will be our teams over the course of the year. At the end of the year, whoever whoever has the least wins total among these five teams will lose a bet during Super Bowl week. You will have to pay off a bet publicly during Super Bowl week. Okay. I don't want to say what it is. Yeah, let's, because let's marinate on this. I wanna well, we've already decided. You don't remember this? No, I don't. What, what oh, this it? is great. This is great. Was it dinner oriented? No, it was not dinner okay. oriented. Okay. I thought I was that would have been my first bet was a bit like it is oh, not yeah, dinner oriented. Dinner. It is a it is a bet you do not want to lose. So okay, when you guys are thinking about this as we talk about it all year, I don't want to lose the heat off the bet when we eventually get to that place, so yeah. I don't want to give it away. Just know that I remember now. both of us want to avoid having to do this. I remember this. it now. I remember it now. I remember it now. Yes, yes, yes. I remember it now. Okay. Yep. Do not do not want this. Do not want this. So I, I wish that I could <laughs> it give came it back to me like a I ton wish of that bricks. I could talk I like, about <gasps> it so everyone would understand the real stakes involved here, but I don't want to lose the value of springing yeah. it on people when we get to that point. We'll so that. just know over the course of the year, this is something where I'm afraid of losing. So yeah. when we talk about this, when we look at the scoreboard at quarterly, however often we look at it, just keep that in mind. Yeah, so I like that. We're going to determine the draft order here in the best way that I know how. We're Did you bring a coin? coin. Yes, yeah. I have a coin. I have one in my hands, okay? Okay. You call it heads or tails. Okay. Right now or in the air? In the air. Now? Oh, just call it now. Just call it now. Now. Tails. Always. It's heads. Ah. You deferring? All right. <laughs> deferring to the second half? 
Are we? We're not snake drafting this, or are we just going one, two? Going straight order. Straight, straight order. order. Okay. Yes. <sighs> I'm already going off my board because I, I, for whatever reason, I didn't think I'd have the number one pick. I'm picking the Bengals first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First overall wins. I yeah. What have they won the last two years? So they won eleven last year. They won twelve last year. Oh yeah, twelve and four. That's right. Okay. All right. So I, my... so I have another one of my half baked takes later on that will prop okay. this up. Tie so, this in. Okay. okay. Yes. I like that so I'm gonna go. I'm after. going with the Bengals first. I don't know how good I feel about it, but I'm going yeah. with the Bengals first. Man, I thought I was gonna get them on like second round. Okay. Well, I'm going the Chiefs. That, yeah. That was, I figured yeah, you would. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was uh. That's good there. Okay. Hold on. I gotta. I gotta make sure so I don't become the idiot that like repeats the team. Okay. All right. Bengals and Chiefs. Weird. The last two. The last two AFC uh, conference finalists. I don't want to spoil the Bengals point. I'm going to make later, but we talked about them during the AFC North preview. They are just so championship ready. That that roster. Joe Burrow's back practicing. I I just think that they're positioned to have a really good regular season at the very least. I I loved that Zach Taylor. Sorry, Zach Taylor going like someone asked him like, was it good to have Burrow back? And he's like, and you could tell his quote. I didn't even hear him, but I read it, and he was like, kind of like. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's good to have Joe Burrow back practicing. Yeah, it really sends a nice energy throughout the room. My reasoning for not putting the Chiefs first is I just think after you win the Super Bowl, it, there's just a little bit of little juice hangover. that you lose. There's it, it's inevitable. It's human nature. So that that's my reasoning with wanting the Bengals over the Chiefs, just because if you're trying to win the regular season and that's what we're trying to do here, I just feel like the Bengals are a little bit more revved up about making sure they get the most out of the 2023 regular season. That that's my reasoning. Think, and I just think the Chiefs. Are guaranteed for 11 wins so i'm kind of just taking that it's not, it's taking not that. a bad stance it's yes. not a bad stance okay <laughs> at three and this is this surprising is this is interesting based on some of the thoughts i probably trotted out to you at some point this summer mm-hmm. but looking at schedules looking at competition i know what you're about to say i'm going with the eagles at three yeah that that's who i would have gone here yeah, yeah i was hoping you wouldn't because i kind of <laughs> i don't necessarily them. think that they're the third best team in the league but when in the afc and just the slate of teams they're going to play they play first place schedule it's not like it was last year but even with the first place schedule they've got a much easier road than a lot of the teams in the afc because you gotta think who came in first place last year they got the bucks (laughs) so okay that's not not too bad right there and then they got the vikings (laughs) and and the 49ers so okay but i i I was hoping you didn't because i kind of want that and i'm just going to make this fun i'm going to take the cowboys right here so now we got so now we got real Real juice right here. Of, so I'm just doing that for fun because they I just were think that seventh on my sixth on my board. They were they sixth were on my fifth on mine. So why are you doing this then? Huh? It's just for fun. Just, just for entertainment I just don't, value. Okay. Yeah, entertainment value. I wanted to have it go one one. I didn't want you to like pile up the NFC East and you just got that little corner over there to yourself. Well, so. that would be a bad idea. That would be lowering huh? my ceiling if I piled up the NFC. Oh, yeah, because we're just doing wins as opposed to playoff stuff. So yeah, yes. okay. No, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. I'm going with the Cowboys. All right. Going with the Cowboys here. Yep. Verbal bets are binding. <laughs> All right. This is a tough one. I'm I'm between two teams. I'm gonna go with the Bills. Ah, I let him fall. That was that's who I would have taken. Probably I should have taken. I'm gonna go with the Bills. So I have the yeah. Bengals, the Bills, and the Eagles so far. Okay. I was between two teams. I'm curious if you will take the other team that I was thinking about here. I think the Bills are again. I don't want to spoil my one of my takes that I'm gonna throw out later. The AFC East is theoretically much much better, and that is yeah. my only concern is that they play a beast of a schedule this year. Mm-hmm. But I just think this Bills team is really good. Oh, yeah. I think there's a ton of talent on this Bills not, team, and that's the bet that I'm making despite oh, the yeah. teams they have to play against week to week. No, no, I, I really like the Bills, so I'm I'm not squinting at that at all. But this is All right, so that's five. So our first five were Bengals, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, Bills. <laughs> Stop saying it like that. <laughs> the Cowboys. We're sure hey, about that. Hey, hey, I had them sixth, so it's not crazy. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I know the Bills. I had the Bills ahead of them. That's why I'm like really kind of kicking myself right here because I should have put you in a bind. Um, I'm gonna go with this is this is this is tough. <sighs> mm, I'm gonna go with the 49ers. Damn it! That was the one. Yes. I, that was okay. the other one I was choosing between. I'm, I was really hoping you weren't gonna pick them. 
I was sticking with my board here because there I was torn between two teams. And yeah, but I'm going to go with 49ers, just everything we laid out, betting on Kyle Shanahan, just the rest of that roster, no matter what. <laughs> I'm curious who the other team that you were. I think I, I think I probably know. You probably do. All right. It's not I'm the Falcons, some... if you're wondering that. <laughs> I did not think it was the Falcons. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I assume it was one of two teams that I am not going to choose with this. Bit. Okay. I already regret this. Okay. I already, I already hate Love myself this. for doing it, Love but I'm, this. I, I'm going I, to do it anyway. I think I'm going with the Chargers. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, they're good, good. Just take them out. I'm glad. I'm, I'm fine so, with I'm that. So mad. I'm so mad. I already am so mad at myself for doing it. I'm fine with that. that I just can't. If, if doing an exercise like this <laughs> and getting to be have any sort of investment in them, if they go twelve and five. And, and I didn't no, pick them as part no of this. No stock on them. Yeah. I, I would have been so mad at myself. I'm willing to live with teams below them winning a dozen games and them going winning eight games more than I'm willing to live with not picking them and having the season where it all and, comes together. And they can win the double-digit games. It's, it's They more absolutely maybe, can. Yeah. That's, it's not out of, out of weight. It's totally in the realm of possibilities. It's just more, you know, it's maybe some sustainability as if, once they hit the, the playoff months. Um, I'm kind of glad you took them off. I already off, regret so. it. I'm, I'm gonna go with the Ravens here. I, I thought I figured the Ravens yeah. would be your next team. That was that was the one I was deciding between with the 49ers. So I'm gonna go with the Ravens. So we got I, one team left. One team left each. Okay. Yes. So, yes each. so one team left each. I had I the Chargers three teams above, to pick from here. I had the Chargers above the Ravens on my actual board. So it's not like okay. I went off of it. I had them seventh on my list. Okay. So okay. I, I don't feel that bad about it. I had the Chargers at nine, nine. On mine. So I had the Ravens and the Chargers flipped. The team that I had at eight. Jacksonville Jaguars. Ah, I was hoping you kind of let them. Let this them slide is a bet here. against the rest of the AFC South. That yeah. that's what this is. Them playing against those teams for six games, even with the first place schedule in the AFC, I think that there is a real path, even if they're a flawed team, for them yeah. to win eleven or twelve games this year and to get them ninth and have them be a double digit win team potentially. I mm-hmm. it's a bet I'm willing to make. I know it would be even better if we had points for like division champs or something like, you know what I mean? Like that, that would have been, you're trying to make this way too complicated. I have to, I love board games. I love rules. Uh, (laughs) This is really tough because I, it's kind of a heart and a head kind of selection right here between I'm going to go with my heart. I'm, I'm throwing in the Falcons here. I'm throwing I had them in tenth here. on my board. I knew. Yeah, I had I knew, to. I knew they would get picked as part of this exercise. I Good. knew it. Someone has to have stake in them because I. It was between them and the Steelers. If I'm being open here, is like just I. I think you know, another winning record is almost guaranteed. So you're getting those nine nine wins potentially more this season with Mike Tomlin that defense and ascension of the offense. But going with my heart, going with the Falcons because I think I've just built a such a cannon this offseason in my head of how everything's going to unfold. Cannot wait for it to get blown up. This is going to be going to seem like Phantom, Phantom Menace in theaters. Oh, episode one is going to be amazing. It's going to be great. It's going to have all this stuff. Even at 10 years old, I was like, this sucks. Uh, Bijan is Jar Jar Binks. Just, oh, don't, don't put that on him. Here He's we like go. Mace Windu. Okay. Here are, the five, here are our teams each. I have the Bengals, the yeah. Eagles, yeah. the Bills, the Chargers, which I already am mad at myself for, and the Jags. Which is Those fun. are my... Those are my five teams. I'm, I'm happy with that. I think the, only, the Bills have five is like the best value. Oh, oh God, I was really I, hoping you I'm were going to so go with the Ravens over the right Niners. Now, I was really hoping that you weren't. Because I, if you had gone with the Ravens, I would have had four of my top five teams on my board. Okay. If you had gone with the Ravens at five. So I'm a little disappointed. Or at six. I'm a little disappointed you didn't. Your teams are the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Ravens, and the Falcons. Yep. Like a little mix there. A little mix. A mix of heart and head. <laughs> I, I knew the Falcons were going to go in this. I, I knew one I of us it. was going to take them at 10 because it just for, surely, purely for the enjoyment of getting to root for it all year, which I think is worth the bet that you're making. Yep. That being said, it is a real bet with real stakes. I will keep yes. reminding people of this. We do not want to lose this. Th- no. This will make a day during Super Bowl week very unenjoyable for one of the two of us. And yes. that is all and, I will say. Oh. And I would have to commute doing it. Ah, oh, it's the best. It's the best. I hope you see somebody you know if you lose. Uh, I will. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. not from the football world. That would be harder oh, yeah, to explain yeah, yeah. to them random. why. Yeah. Oh, I know. 
I know. My Vegas friends kind of know. You know, no, well, they think I live in fantasy land anyways with this job. So <laughs> this, that's kind of it. Funny. I do live in a city where actually it's like kind of reasonable what I do. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. You know, in Vegas, because it's just like you could say what you're what. I'm a magician. And people go, oh, which hotel? Yeah, nice. Which, yeah. which casino? Like, you know, that's one place in the world where that's okay. All right. So those are our 10 teams. That's that fun. is Those are the teams that we will be rooting for throughout the entire season. I'm very much looking forward to that. Let's kick this off. These are our half-baked, mildly spicy. We would not be surprised if blank happened in the 2023 NFL season. I've got like eight to ten of these. We can rip them off pretty quickly, but I'm going to let you have the floor because you lost the draft. Yes, and I have varying levels of spiciness here. Um, And this actually, even my first kind of I would not be surprised if kind of take here it actually goes against my draft already um all four (laughs) all four of the 2022 nfc division champs will not repeat meaning we will have new division champs throughout the whole entire nfc so that means i'm saying potentially the seahawks over the niners somebody over the vikings the Falcons over the Bucks or the Saints over the Bucks, and if we go look at the East, somebody over the Eagles, potentially the Cowboys. So I'm saying a new champion. And if I wanted to go super spicy, I would say seven of the eight champions are different, except for the Chiefs, because that's even against the Jaguars. Because I'm going with John Green's, uh, you know, John Green, the writer, kind of he does internet videos too. He wrote like a Fault in Our Stars and stuff, but he does a crash course in history, and he has a running joke that says everyone except the Mongols, and that's the Chiefs. Like they're, they're, they're just the exception to every rule that we have right these days. <laughs> so, so new right, champ. So in the NFC North, that would be the Ravens, right? And then theor- no, theoretically, NFC, NFC. or the no, AFC the Ra- North in the AFC North, that would be the Ravens. We had no, seven of eight NFC. different ones. Oh yeah. Seven yeah, of eight. Yeah. Ravens, eight, the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Ravens or Browns and Steelers. Okay. AFC East is any of them. Jets like, or Dolphins. Jets, Dolphins, yep, Dolphins. Theoretically. Most likely. I- yep. AFC West, not the Chiefs. And then I would say just the Titans are sneaky over the Jags, but I really don't feel that one. I didn't want to say six out of eight because that's not doesn't really have as much no, that as much weight much there. So All really right. the take is the NFC teams. So we'll just stick with that. <laughs> if that happens, your board is torpedoed immediately. I know. I know. That's why that's why I'm like, well, I, guess, I guess not. Cowboys. I guess just the yeah, Seahawks yeah. over the over the Niners. Over the just Niners, the that would be Niners. it. So I was wondering if the Seahawks were going to be in contention for the 10th pick in your draft. With them, with them in the Falcons, I was yeah. wondering if you were going to consider them there. It's like that's more like a uh, a betting take, if that makes sense, because I like their odds and everything, as opposed to like I bet I like feel better about the 49ers just in general because of Shanahan, even with yeah. the quarterback stuff. But it's just like as I bet because of the odds are good, and I like the ascension of them. I think that's why I like I keep kind of harping on the Seahawks a little bit. But no, that's a good point. Independent of our feelings about the Falcons, by the way. Yeah. They have the number one easiest schedule in the NFL by Vegas mm-hmm. projected win totals. Yep. So picking them 10th there is not crazy. The Saints are number two. So it's yeah, mostly right. <laughs> NFC South driven. But if yes. you're going to make a bet on one of those other teams, Atlanta, yeah. I think there's a lot of other reasons aside from our strange curiosity in their yeah. weirdness. Right. Right. If they were the AFC East, I'd be like, well, you know, they, they might be interesting. They might get seven or eight wins. That's that's a huge part of why I'm very optimistic on the Falcons. All right, so I'm going to do one that's kind of tangentially related to the one that you just did. I would not be surprised if four of the best teams in the NFL this season played in the AFC North. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So 40% of the best teams in the league played in the AFC North. Other ones would be the Cowboys, the Eagles, Mm -hmm. the Niners, the Bills, maybe one of the other AFC West teams, and the Chiefs. Yeah. So that would take us to 10. And the other four are in the AFC North. Think the Ravens have those top ten shows. I really kind of I understand your thinking here. It's gonna be a bloodbath, and that's why I wanted to avoid any of the teams in the AFC North when we were doing our draft, just because I just think that they could hammer each other the entire year. The Ravens have a super high upside with the changes that they made on offense, and I think the stability that Mike McDonald gives them on defense. Mm -hmm. The Steelers, if their offense takes a step forward, if Kenny Pickett does, we know their defense has a ton of talent. They were one of the best defenses in the league down the stretch last year. The Browns just have so many good players top to bottom on both sides of that roster. I think their defense is going to be vastly improved. And the Bengals, I took first in this exercise. I guess I took the Bengals first, but I didn't take any of the other AFC I didn't want to cut you off. I was like, wait. (laughs) I didn't take any of the the other AFC North teams. I took the Bengals first. Yeah. Dude, it's a bloodbath. But it is tough. tough. I'm very excited for our next show. Scared already about taking the Bengals. (laughs) I'm very excited for our next show when we have to pick like division winners and playoff teams. Like, because 
it's gonna be be very very difficult so even if the records settle a little lower because they're playing each other if those four teams finish like in the top 10 of dvoa i would not be surprised whatsoever combined i wouldn't at all either i I think they're all very good teams all interesting teams really excited to watch that division you're up buddy what's your next one okay i would not be surprised if sam darnold ends up as the qb for the 49ers by the time to play by the time right by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, I'm not even going to say playoffs. By the time Thanksgiving rolls around, originally it was playoffs, but I changed it to Thanksgiving. I love I'm that a little you're more just trying to will this into existence. Will it? Will it? Dude, he looks you will, so good. You will not be denied. Mm-mm. I just want to see it. I just want to check the box. It's like, can I see him with Kyle Shanahan this offense? Okay. Now it's it realistic. Bad? With Trey Lance yeah. out of there and him being the number two quarterback, even without injury, it feels like there might be a slight door that's open because of I, how little the Niners have invested in Brock Purdy. I, deep down, man, I, I just I, I think they see this. They saw him in preseason two, and the quotes there are coming out. Shanahan, I will say, uh, you know, some skill guys get into his doghouse a little bit. Uh, guys, he drafts. That's like kind of a thing. Him and his dad, which is hilarious. But like, I will say that he is really good at instilling confidence in players. Like his quotes and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's just very supportive, and he's with that with Purdy. He has never even wavered. Like, oh, you know, like this, but. I think he's seen Darnold and he's like, he's kind of going like he's made throws. I haven't seen, haven't had a guy make before. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's the quote I want to hear, buddy. <laughs> so I'm just betting on that. I, I think they see what I see. I have no idea what's going on inside that room. Bert, Purdy hasn't done anything yet to lose the job, but you know, there is a path that this might happen. I love this. I love that you want it so bad. I so have bad. a deep respect for how ardently you're chasing this. Oh, there's a couple here that <laughs> might be just chasing my head, my own storylines. <laughs> Part of the reason I think I am not that hard on Kyle Shanahan compared to some other people outside of the fact that I understand everything that's happened, even if the trade, when you look at the value for Lance, is just an absolute disaster. But I think that he might be the most impatient man in America. Yeah. And I am second. So every single time he gets excited about an idea and then it doesn't work for 10 seconds, he's like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm moving on to the next thing. That's how I live every moment of my life. So I think so. that's why I don't bring the hammer down on him super hard because I relate to that style of existence. I think it's just every time I've ever gotten down on him, a month later, I'm like, I'm back. Because I just watch every time, every offense I watch, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this. Because I think we've done it twice now where we're like, Hey, is this is this really going like is this the, it? the McCaffrey trade was that too where we're sitting oh, there right. in the moment it's like man it's a lot to give up for a running it's a back. lot and then and I remember happens, I said on the show and- I was like I, I'm really excited to watch it on the field but man like who knows and then now I'm like man that was awesome what a what an inspired move they made right there <laughs> I feel like I had you had to put the glasses on from the Trinity test in Oppenheimer when you started watching that offense with McCaffrey screen all over my <laughs> face yeah <laughs> all right uh I alluded this a little bit um, these these two will be couched together. I would not be surprised if the Bengals are the best regular season team in the NFL. They mm-hmm. haven't done it yet. They're super talented, top to bottom. They just have the feel of one of those teams that's just going to put the gas on the floor, try to go 14-3, and three, You know, really just make a, a huge run in the regular season just because there's a real urgency there based on how the last couple seasons have ended. I, the Bills felt like that team last year. And then obviously things fall apart a little bit. I think the Bills have kind of taken a step back and understood, we just want to get to the end of the road. We don't care about being the story of the season. We don't care mm-hmm. about being the team that has all this hype coming into it. Literally, that was said to me you know, when I was there, just the fact that they really loved that there was a little bit less attention on them and the expectations had been dampened a little bit. The Bengals are not that. I think the Bengals are kind of taking all of this on. Where they're like, yeah. We're ready. Like We are yeah. ready to be that team. We've removed the doubt. We are ready to be that team. So I would, not, I would not be surprised if they finished the season with the best regular season record. That's why I took them number one. A lot of teams, especially successful teams, take the image of their head coach and their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Bengals feel like Joe Burrow. Yes, they do. <laughs> just mm-hmm. confident, and but not cocky. Well, borderline. Uh, but it, it's, but cocky just, in an endearing way. In an endearing way. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. Yes. Uh, yes. That's, that was the famous uh, quote about Ryan Leaf, I think. Oh, he's cocky, but but like in a good way, like Brett Favre. Like that was that was the quote about Brian Leaf coming. When out Burrow of came out with the new hair this this spring, I was just like, man, they, he's feeling it. They are going he's for it. it. I think that's it's like eighty percent Burrow's haircut is how I, my reason. Every for this. teammate that's ever played with Burrow like talks. About, oh, Joe. Oh, oh, like they're just like, oh, cool, coolest dude, Joe. Yeah, it's what you want to be that as a quarterback. It's actually not a lot of guys can pull that off. They usually come across as like Baker. <laughs> that's how they usually look when they try to be cool. <laughs> My other one that's kind of related to this, yeah, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this was the best Bills team that we've seen so far. Maybe not in total wins and losses, but most performance, complete. underlying yep. metrics, the most complete Bills team we have seen since this restructure, since this mm-hmm. retool, this era of the Bills. I would not be surprised if this is the best one. Really would. Love that one. I've said that a couple times, like trotted out versions of that, but willing to say it again just to hammer it home a little bit. That's a good way to package it. I, I'm I'm saving for the unleashed Bill takes for Bills takes for maybe the next show. The spoilers, but uh, no, but I I think we both have kind of really put together starting with free agency and everything they've done. It's just like, okay, this is, this is interesting. This is, you guys are really becoming sound uh, throughout the roster. So I, I totally agree with that one. That's actually a really good one. I should have taken that one too, but I totally agree with that one. All right. Uh, I just, I'm going to ease into these. I, I, I want to save the next one. So I'm going to go, actually, this is kind of spicy. The Packers will end up with a better record than the Jets. I would not be surprised if. Ooh, that's a really I'm not, good one. Yeah, right. Really and one. it couldn't even be crazy. It could be nine and eight compared to eight and nine. You know, it, can, it doesn't have to be that crazy. But just that Packers, or sorry, that Jets offensive line has me worried. I've just seen that decleat a lot of NFL seasons with a lot of good teams. Um, I mean, I will say. That first drive with Rodgers thrown to Garrett Wilson, though, was like pretty freaking special. Uh, I, I talked <laughs> myself into it so hard. And I don't know if it, I said this during our during my fantasy draft this week or I said yeah. it to you. I can just imagine it going so well. There, yeah, with those two. The, his oh skill set, the, the way that Garrett Wilson wins, yep. the violence at the line of scrimmage. You go back and you watch Devontae Adams' highlights from before last season, the way that the Packers actually used him. Yep. And it is so easy to make the jump to that being Garrett Wilson. Not to the same level, obviously. But right. the skill set that he provides, it just there's no yeah, imagination different, required. Different types of players, but can, can be used in the same way. Yes. And, and oh, But he's already throwing them smokes and fades. That's, exa- it that's exactly it's what like, it is. It's just as that soon as one-on-one, on that, two-man game where they can yeah. just play with each other. And that's great. It's like, yeah. So he's just going to get peppered, I think, all year. That should actually be like a Garrett Wilson take. But anyways, this is about the Packers as well. I'm, I'm bullish on the young Packers. Yes, they're relying on a lot of young players. They're relying on a question mark at quarterback. But I do like what I've seen with Jordan Love. I, I can see the vision. I like the offensive line. I think the defense can be very interesting this year. Hopefully, they kind of figure out their way, especially against the run. I'm but still worried about I, it, man. I, yeah, I, but I, that's I why can't, I, but I would not be surprised. If this happens because of just all the points I laid out, just that offensive line. I know the Jets defense is fantastic, but again, they're playing a very tough division. They're going to be fighting for their life every week in that AFC against Packers in the NFC, not playing a first place schedule. So just uh, that's kind of what I'm going with and how uh, my head cannon again with this one. Okay. I have two that are kind of related to the one that you just threw out there. So I'm just going to do them now. Okay. Okay. I would not be surprised if there was only one playoff team from the AFC East. Okay. Okay. And uh, that that's, team was that, the Bills. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That, no, We're that's talking about not... this being the best division in the NFL, yeah. all the heat around the Jets and the Dolphins, yep. and just all the discourse around the AFC East all summer. I would not be surprised if there were one playoff team from that division. And But also, it's just we're excited and interesting teams. Even I wouldn't even throw in the Patriots in there, but they have flaws that could be – yes. <laughs> greatly opened up if stuff doesn't break their way. That's so exactly I, I right. Totally understand. Becton yeah. gives you more security about the Jets offensive line. Potentially, if he stays healthy, that's a much better version yep. than it seemed might be on Absolutely. the table in early August. But there's still questions about how that group is going to come together. Dwayne Brown is still 39 years old and has struggled to stay healthy. So I think there are a lot of issues there, potentially. And same with the Dolphins offensive line. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about the Dolphins offense and some of the blemishes beyond injury that they exhibited yes. in the back half of last season. So I... There are definitely worlds where both of those teams are very good and make the playoffs, but I would not be surprised if only one AFC East team did. My other one is a timeline that could related. The 10 win champion of the NFC North will not be the Lions. Okay. Yeah, that that is very related to what I just said. (laughs) Yes. I would not be surprised if a team won 10 games in the NFC North and that team was not the Lions, which would mean either the Vikings or the Packers. I, I like that. I know you could just really see that the 10, 7, 10 and seven winner, and then the, like the nine and eight, two nine and eight teams in second place, and then you know a seven and ten team, like a bunch of bunch of meeting in the middle, and then yeah. <laughs> see North. So no, I totally the agree Packers. With that you one. made I, the case. The yep. Lion, the Vikings. We talked about it on our show. If their defense is annoying and they can create some splash yep. plays defensively, and their offense can show you the type of unit that they were for stretches during the second half of last year after the Hawkinson trade with a more efficient run game. 
I would not be surprised if they won 10 games. If they were the, a better team but won fewer games than they did last year. And that's what just has to be pounded away. And I know we say it 100 times and everyone has. Everyone knows this. Is that the AFC is like, you know, you have to have like true contendership to even make the playoffs. Like you have yeah. to be up there. NFC is more like you have to be interesting to be a mm-hmm. playoff team. Like, okay, some the Vikings have Justin Jefferson that is proven. They can figure out this offense. If they can figure out the defense to be okay or like he said, annoying, it's like, yeah, easily easily make the playoffs with that kind of formula. That's that's kind of how the NFC works this year. It was funny. I shouldn't even admit that I was doing this, but I was looking at some of the comments on the Lions. Or it was on Twitter. I was looking at it on Twitter, and someone was talking about our conversation about the Vikings and our cavers, the conversation about the Lions. Some guy was like, you were worried about the weapons that the Lions have, and then you were celebrating the Vikings going out and getting a blocking tight end. The Vikings have Justin Jefferson. They have the dude. <laughs> He's the best receiver in the league. They needed a blocking tight end. Yeah. And the Vikings drafted a receiver in the first round. Right. That was the whole point of the discussion was even the other things that we're excited about, this is like, it was just a role. We're talking about just how role players can help their other guys. Hey, they have Hawkinson. They just paid a ton of money to. How do you feel about that contract? I was going to ask you at some point in this conversation how you felt about the deal that Hawkinson got, which is 17 million a year and resets the tight end market. And that's the thing. I I don't view him as an elite guy. I view him as that second tier of tight end um, as a receiver. And I think he's good. Like, But it's a lot of money. But I, I would say like uh, Arif Hassan had a, a great tweet just talking about how percentage is mo- so important with the cap always going up. You know, so like you have to look at it that way and how it grows. So that makes it a little bit more tolerable. You kind of have like they kind of set themselves up to pay him. You have so, to after you make the you trade. Have that's to. the problem. And and, th- and I know that's like a stupid argument to make, but it's true. <laughs> it's that's how it works. Uh, but I I think he's more of a good to very good tier than that elite tier. But he's still a good player. It, it's rich and everything, but it, he's still a good player. It's not like he's a, a negative that you're paying or overpaying or a certain role player. I had an interesting conversation with the GM about this idea of tight ends as secondary pass catchers mm-hmm. and how it could be a little bit of an efficiency. You get the same money as Christian Kirk. Mark. So that's that's it less. He less, got less right? money than Christian Kirk. It, it's yeah. up to like 68 and a half million, but the deal is for four is 66 with 42 okay. and a half guaranteed. So it's so less it is, Christian Kirk. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> it is in the complimentary wide receiver yeah. range is yeah. what that contract looks like. But, and I we've talked about this in relation to Dalton Schultz, a couple other players, Dalton Kincaid, a couple other players. Mm-hmm. You still want receivers in those spots. Receivers are still better pass catching options than tight ends when you when you think about all of the matchups and what routes you can put them on from the slot all that kind of stuff so tight ends probably should get paid a little bit less than receivers so i don't know how much of an inefficiency there really is but when you have a two-way guy that unlocked your offense in ways last year where you just have a secondary threat with justin jefferson on the field i don't think this is a crazy amount of money to pay a guy like that no Oh, no, I never crazy never kind of hit my head because just how you like even if like we were saying the arguments like, okay, you want the receiver and everything. It's just, you know, snaps play. They're valuable usage. A guy like Hawkinson is useful just in other yeah. ways. You can use him as a pass catcher. But he's also a two way like, tight end. He's not a yeah. great the, the greatest blocker, but he is a two way. He, he gets end. the job done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like and it also comes down to players like that's why it's so hard to just broad swath it sometimes like every tight end is so wildly different. I mean, yes. just like every player, obviously, but it's like, you know. Darren Waller is wildly different than Hawkinson, who's different than Mark Andrews, who's different than Kelsey. Like these guys are so different. So obviously I think their contracts can never just be grouped the same because how they're used is totally different. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's your next one? <sighs> this one's a, a little spicy, more calling a shot, and I didn't want to do it on the awards show, so I'm just going to get it out here. Mika Fitzpatrick, and I'll put in parentheses, or a DB, wins Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh. I would what, not be surprised. Who's the last DB that won Defensive Player of the Year? Stephon Gilmore in 2019. Oh, okay. So it hasn't been that long. That makes the sense. The last safety was Troy Palomalu in 2010, so 13 years. So, it, okay, a little bit of time. But he's the best safety in the game. He's entering his prime. He's only 26, which shocks me every That's time. That's insane. I, I 26. He's 26 years old? How? I thought that He's was wrong when I saw it. He's been in the league for 10 years. I thought that was wrong when I saw it. Nope. Oh, my he God. Is. That's crazy. Yep. He turns that's 27 crazy. in the middle of the season. 
oh in November. God. Yeah, that one got me too. So I kind of did a little research on this. I think the Steelers are going to be very relevant this year. We've laid out, we think their defense is going to be damn good, improved offense. So they're going to have a little bit more steam behind them. So a lot of, it's a national franchise or national fan base, the Steelers. They're very most popular ones. So they have more eyeballs on them just from everybody else. He needs to force double-digit turnovers or come close to it. He had six picks say, last that year. Path to that. So six picks last year. Six the picks last the year. turnover numbers for a safety is just harder than and it is for what corners. he needs more than anything is a return TD on a national TV game. That is what gets you going. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Make a Fitzpatrick. Oh, my God. You just, Big touchdown. Returns it for a touchdown. He had, he's, had, he's had four in his career. He had one last year. Uh, when Paul Malo won, he had seven picks and one TD and a forced fumble. So I was like, okay, that's kind of comparable. And then I went back to Ed Reed when he won it. I want to say it was 2004. Ed Reed had nine picks, three forced fumbles, and played on just like the, the best defense in the league. And he was, But he was also 26 when he won the award. Um, Minka right now is 101 to win this award. But there's a, like I said, it's a non-zero chance of it. I think the Steelers are very relevant. I think the defensive front is going to cause so much havoc and so much pressure on quarterbacks that they're going to make mistakes and make a compounds those mistakes. And he takes advantage of it. He's fantastic. He's one of my favorite players in the league, best safety in the game, I think. And I think, I think just the narrative of the Steelers this year will maybe help him get some light. TJ Watt might not get as many sacks because High Smith. Uh, all the other guys that they have, Harbig, Harbig, if he does anything. So he might be very disruptive, but not get that kind of sack toll that he got when he won Defensive Player of the Year. And so I think the shine goes to Minka. Because even when Paul Malu won it, um, it was a Paul, yeah, I think it was Paul Malu won it. James Harrison came in third in Defensive Player of the Year that year. So it's kind of like I'm repeating that in my head. <laughs> the 2010 it, There's a reason that it's hard for safeties to win it. It's so because hard. the counting stats are difficult to get there. But yes. he's the type of player that could potentially pull it off. I'm looking at Micah Fitzpatrick's career stats. Micah Fitzpatrick's on his way to going to the Hall of Fame, man. He's amazing. He's been the first team all pro three times. He's only 26 years old. Yep. If he puts a couple more of those together in the next couple of years, he's going to have a very real argument he's to get awesome. in. Awesome. He's awesome. We talked the about other DB the I think could win that's it. That's what he is. Is Sauce Gardner? Is Sauce Gardner. Yes. <laughs> that's I put him I, in parentheses. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's a good one. I think he's that, twelve I think that to is one. A good one. So and, and and I get it. There's a ton of really good pass rushers, probably the yeah. best in a long time. Really notable names that have some narrative behind them. But you just like it, it, again, it just might be one of those where they all have twelve sacks, and everyone gets a little bored with that and goes, "I'm gonna give it to the DB." <laughs> I'm My gonna only give it. Concern the- with this though, is he gonna get to a place where teams just don't throw his way at all? And they they he, they let him run around like that. That's why he can. He's Mink is all. Over. Oh, you're talking about Sauce. I'm talking about Sauce, not Mink. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, Sauce is tough. Yeah. Uh, they don't even throw to him right now. He's they play sides. Sauce. Well, he yeah. led the league in dip, in passes defense last season. Yeah, so he got enough it, targets to rack up some of those watch, counting stats. Watch the preseason, other than one Jalen Hyatt, tar- Hyatt target. It's just like, no, we're not even going to try that side. He's so freaking good. That's my but concern, he, though, because when yeah. saw, when Gardner, excuse me, when Gilmore won it, he led the league and he had twenty passes, defense, and six interceptions. So yeah. I wonder if the target. How many did Sauce have last year? Enough. Like only two or three, maybe, if I remember correctly. He did not he have many have. picks, but he yeah. deflected a lot of balls. Which did you see hard knocks this week? No, I did not. So Salah, I think, is starting to give him shit about that. So Sauce came off the field in that preseason yeah. game, and yeah. he was asking Salah, he's like, why did they even try me? And Salah said, when you start taking the ball away, I think they'll stop trying you. So I think there's kind of like a little wink-wink, like we need to pick more balls off this yeah. season. He did only have, with the Jets. He only had two last year, and then even at Cincinnati, he didn't have a ton of picks, but it was just like, if you watch, again, you watch Cincinnati, they didn't even try him. It was just like he would get targeted like three times and just bat every ball away. So no, that's, that's good. So maybe get in his head a little bit. That's really funny. Okay. Here's one that is a mutation on one that I kind of threw out to David Hellman when we did our half big takes or a yep, couple yep. weeks ago before the season. Shout out David, I, by the way. I was glad he came on the show. Yeah, he's Dave's so, the best. He's Dave's so the best. Fun. He's great. I think this has a chance to be the best year in recent memory for NFL offenses. Oh, love that. Love that. I agree with yes. <laughs> Every year we have this tranche. I just watched the big short again. <laughs> we have this tranche at the bottom that's like four to six teams that are just totally unwatchable. Yeah. And if you look at the teams that comprised that group last year, Colts, mm-hmm. uh, Washington, mm-hmm. the Broncos, mm-hmm. the Jets, you know, during times last year, think about 
the moves those teams have made this offseason. The Colts could still be rough, and that'll be one of mine here yeah. in a bit. The The rookie quarterbacks are, can maybe comprise this group, but even with the rookie quarterbacks, at least there's hope and faith. Yeah. There, yep. It isn't like an unwatchable situation. With the Texas like and the Panthers, others. yeah, definitely. Yes. Like there, There's some competence at the very so, least. Outside of the rookie quarterbacks, I think all of these teams that potentially could have offenses that we didn't love, there are pivot points where they can be much better than expected. Mm-hmm. Washington and Sam Howe. We talked about it on the NFC East preview. Yep. The Broncos, who were terrible last year, going to Sean Payton. Yes. The, the Jets getting the Aaron... offensive mind. <laughs> yes. So th- <laughs> yeah. that that one it was a bottom of the barrel unit that should yep. be better. Even if they don't have to be great, but just not yep. unwatchable like they were last season. The Jets get Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers get Jordan Love to replace Aaron Rodgers. So it's not like they're potentially taking a catastrophic step back, even if they're not going to be as good on offense. So figuring out who these really bad offenses are going to be outside of the Cardinals and the rookie quarterbacks is not that easy. No, maybe quarterback injury is is one of those things that affects it. The offensive line health in places like Los Angeles, Tennessee, et cetera. But I still feel like even the bottom area of the league, we're going to see better play from some of those offenses across the NFL. We did our top 10 offenses pod. Hold on. One, two, three, seven, 10. I had 16 teams on my short list, quote unquote short list. Like and I was like ones I had notes on to make an argument for, and then I started going through the rankings. So that that's just to put it there. And there's and like you're saying, and I think that I agree with this argument is that the there's a couple bad, but there's a lot more watchable offenses, like just interesting offenses. The Patriots another really good example. The Patriots, Patriots. were unwatchable last year. Yes. Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator. So Absolutely. these teams that were unwatchable last like even, year, but I just even think like the Rams, as long as Stafford's healthy, is like yes. definitely Staff- way more Titans watchable. Titans and Rams. Because yes. their quarterbacks, if they stay yep. healthy, are competent no, NFL players. Yep. So I just the list is not very long to me, and then we'll get to the rookie quarterbacks here in a bit. But outside okay. of those guys, I'm fair, and then maybe the Bucks, you know, with Baker Mayfield. But the Bucks even have a decent amount of talent across the roster. Worfs and receivers like Rashad White. I know they. Uh, oh no, Rashad you, was, White. Yeah. Take it easy over there. Throwing Rashad White into the same conversation as Mike Evans. So bad. I, I'm willing. I did not have any takes on him, but I'm willing Jesus. him to exist. He's wearing number one now, so hopefully that gives him some juice. Yeah, uh, we it's gonna make him faster. Dane, Dane and I had a like legit like seven minute conversation about the Bucks uh, second year tight ends, and which is, no one has talked about K. Dotton and Coquie longer than I, oh, we did for God. seven you minutes on are, prospects of pros. You, you guys are sickos. My yeah. goodness. All right. What's so, your next one? I have two more. Uh, one is like not too crazy, but it's a little crazy. And then one is like wild. Uh, so I'm going to go with, and this again, is more of an awards based one. Uh, I would not be surprised if Trevor Lawrence ends up as a second team, all pro this year. And that is watching what this. What a Jack- weak take. Just say he's going to be the MVP. Say he's going to be first to win the MVP. Because, just because that, I don't think second that defense can keep him. Pro. Second team all pro. Because Mahomes in my head should be first team all pro every year. So uh-huh. All right. That's fair. Okay. That's yeah. fair. So that's fair. how about you right. say ends up as an all pro? How about that? So that is, it's hard for me to just go, oh, he's going to be over Mahomes. Because I just can't. I can't. I don't believe that. Uh, uh, I'm a bad liar. If anyone ever meets me, I'm a terrible liar. So my mom has taken advantage of that over the years. Uh, but it's what, so why I am so so you're so high as well on this Jags offense. Yeah, I got him in our draft. Yeah, yeah, I know. And watching him in this preseason, I don't know about, I just said offense, not defense. So watching this, watching them in the preseason, though, all systems go. I, I oh my goodness, that run game looks fantastic and explosive. And now they sprinkle in tanks, big, Tank Bigsby, so they actually got a nice little complimentary back. The passing game, Trevor is going to pepper the hell out of Calvin Ridley this year. And, and I, I don't want to give too many it's like so beautiful when it all comes together. It's amazing. When you just uh, picturing his skill set in that offense, the amount of comebacks and stop routes and and blaze outs and all those routes they can hit outside the numbers that Trevor throws so well. Yep. It was what I imagined before I ever watched them play football together. And now like a little bit of preseason action in one practice. I feel very good about what it's going to look so, like and how I envisioned it in the past. Cal- Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan actually always worked really well together because Matt Ryan is a timing based quarterback. You know, yep. you know definitely a popcorn arm who. What's my comparison for Trevor Lawrence? Supercharged Matt Ryan. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, it's, great. Yeah. It's, it's magic. You know, but a timing-based quarterback and a timing-based offense with an incredibly on-time receiver. I, I, I that's really where the bet's coming from. Although everyone else gets a step down, very high in that offense. And I think Trevor Trevor's going to go 
gangbusters this year. All right, this is another one that's adjacent to that. I would not be surprised if Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert were the MVP of the NFL this season. I like that, especially the Lamar one, actually. Yeah. The offensive shifts, and maybe it doesn't take. Maybe it takes another year. Maybe we see glimpses of what it can be, but it doesn't all come together in the first season. That has happened with even very good offensive coordinators in their first Mm -hmm. season with new teams, even very good quarterbacks. But I would not be surprised if one of these two offenses just went fucking nuclear over the course of the season and one of these guys won 12 games in the MVP award. I would not be surprised. It, okay. Mahomes is still the best player in the league. Yeah. Team, people get bored. It's, it's, it's really narrative. hard to yeah, win yeah. two MVPs in a row. Really Correct. hard to do it. Yep. This isn't the 90s. <laughs> this isn't. I mean, Rodgers did it, but it's 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 <clears throat> difficult to do. But the second one ever, you got to remember, was kind of like by default. Because it was yeah. kind of like, all right, well, who else Who else can we give it to? Brady, yeah. maybe? I remember that discussion of that. This year, and again, this is tying into your offensive statement. So many interesting offenses. So many offenses with upside. So many just at least they're like competent. And that makes the MVP race super interesting. And also just the team race, obviously, because you have to have team success. And that's why the MVP Jags won, or Trevor Lawrence won. I kind of couldn't get that far with it because I just think – even a, uh, you know, I'm not sure if they can get over the top where he, he's going to get the MVP anoint, uh, uh, anointing or award. No, I like that one a lot. Uh, I think those offenses are going to be very interesting this year and improved at the very least. I have one, one more. more and, yeah, okay. I have one more, and then I have two scheme ones that I wanted okay. to throw in just to have them on the record. Okay, is one run game based? No. So, okay. I'll throw in a cap, uh, well, half one right now. Instead, the, the run game is back. I would not be surprised. Oh, that, that, that one, yes. <laughs> we talked so much about that. that. That, I feel like, is almost a given. Um, but speaking of which, speaking of the run game being back, Bij- I would not be surprised if Bajan Robinson, I've learned it's Bajan, not Bijan. Bajan Robinson wins Offensive Player of the Year. It's only a rookie like that. who's only won it once, and that was Earl Campbell in 1978. He's 66-1 to 1 right now. But if he, the last round back, great bet. Well, yeah, I know, right? And the last that's a great, that's a great or, bet. Already bet it. Uh, the, if he pushes two thousand total yards, dozen plus TDs, you know why not? Again, like you said, voters get bored. Are we going to give it to Justin Jefferson again? You know, uh, who else comes up? Cooper, you know, like it, who else can stand out in those types of? You uh, can imagine the stats. narrative juice too. It, it, talk about what Falcons happened. team, and it was because exactly. of this guy. And exactly, yes. Minka Fitzpatrick yes. and that national TV touchdown return. If the Falcons are a ten-win team, if they win yep. the NFC South, surprise when, team. When do the Falcons and... do the Falcons have any national televised games? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> that's they what you need. Have you truly, primetime games. You need your Heisman moment. And but I, I just even while you're looking that up, I, I looked up when Gurley <laughs> won it in 2017. <laughs> what? How many do they got? People think the Falcons are like a double-digit division-winning team. They have no night games. Not even Thursday? (laughs) Oh, my God. The only nationally televised game they have is an October 1st London game against the Jags. So it's the first thing in the morning? (laughs) Oh, man, we should go visit that game. That is like that is the athletic Uh, football show bowl. God, it's really Uh, funny. That is really funny. Nothing explains how far removed we are from, from... the, the how far we, we are from reality than us loving the Falcons and having them have no national primetime games. That really epitomizes this show. Oh, that is, God. That was somebody here in Vegas asked me who I like this year. And I said, oh, I like the Falcons. And they're like, oh, okay. And then I go, you know, I think the Broncos will be improved. And they go, they like looked at me like, are you kidding? And I was like, and I was like, I had to like go explain it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is again. I get so deep into this stuff, and I'm like, yeah. Uh, anyone listening to the show kind of oh, sees man, that really how funny. I can how I sell myself on this. But just looking at when uh, for for Bajan is that when Todd Gurley won it in 2017. In my head, I thought Gurley won it in 2018. It was 2017 as the first it. year. Yeah, the first year, which makes me, that's an 11 and five team. That was more like the surprise Rams mm-hmm. as opposed to the next year where they were a powerhouse. He had 1,300 rushing yards, just over, 13 touchdowns. He had about almost 800 yards receiving. So he just got over 2,000 yards and he had uh, 60, uh, six touchdowns receiving, I believe. But so 2,000 total yards, a lot of touchdowns. That's what he kind of needs to do. But it was a surprise team. It wasn't the best team in that in that conference in that year, but a good team. So yeah, I just think there's going to be some narrative behind him, some steam. He has name recognition already. It's not some random guy. So yeah, that, that's what I'm going to go with as my, I would not be surprised, a non-zero chance. I like that one a lot. That one's a really fun one. All right, let's stick with rookies. My last one is the rookie quarterback-led offenses. I would not be surprised if the rookie quarterback-led offenses were uglier 
than we anticipated at times this offseason. Yeah. When we were trying to talk ourselves into the floor for the Panthers, for the Texans. That's the number one one. A lot of it was, look at the pieces they put in place. There's enough for them to be competent. We've started to chip away at that a little bit. Mm -hmm. The Texans' offensive line injuries, Kenyon Green's out for the season. They're trading for Steelers backups. George Fant's going to start the season at right tackle. The center that they drafted in the second round, Drew Scruggs, is already hurt. So that I hate that as a starting point. I'm worried after watching the preseason about the lack of juice that the Panthers have at receiver. We were mm-hmm. questioning in our division preview. Did they do enough at those spots? I think my answer is no. no. DJ Chark has already been already banged hurt. up. Yep. So I'm concerned about that. So And the Colts, who the hell knows? I mean, yeah. it's going to be such a unique a approach on offense. It's all RPOs, all just super, super run heavy. Yep. That was going to be up and down no matter what. So I think it's possible that there's some really ugly stretches yep. from those three offenses this season when I thought at times over the last six months that the floor might be a little bit higher yep. than we typically see from rookie quarterback-led teams. It's a classic, oh, yeah, in name, that looks good. And then you see it in practice and you go, ah, yeah, that's right. Adam yeah. Thielen, that's right. It's the problem uh, when you're <laughs> arguing for the floor is that yeah. if you're saying, well, the floor could be here. There's always that's always a sketchy way to talk about it because yeah. that's not yeah. how you want to conceive nope. of these things. It's ceiling, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you got to remember, rookie quarterback is really freaking hard, especially now in the NFL because of how defenses are playing. They're not. I mean, they might be actually this year a little bit more man coverage, but when oh, you have to play, you're spoiling yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, but uh, oh, really? That is that yes. okay? But oh yeah, they're they're getting to it. But when you like that's a lot, a little bit easier to read for a quarterback. If you anyone's ever played like pickup football, man coverage. All right, take my best guy. But then if you go zone and I have to like work this and trust my receivers and trust protection to go through protection or progressions, gets a little dicey. I, I'm with you because the Panthers preseason has really maybe sell a lot of stock on them this year. Oh, um, I'm where, also talking I, myself into that them having a terrible year. <laughs> I, I oh yeah, I bet you are. Um, they did trade. For Amir Smith-Marset, though. So that makes me a little, a little bit interested, a little bit more circling them a little bit. But I still with you at the Texans, although I, I will say what, what you're, what you're, to add to this is that Richardson, Stroud, and Young have all looked like promising this preseason. There is nothing this where is not I'm like – not an indictment of them. No, that's what I, wa- I just want to add to it is that them – there is nothing I've seen from all three of those guys where I'm like, oh, no, like you guys, ooh, this is crippling. It's like, no, okay, they all look – how they looked in college and which yeah. that's a compliment. So I, I think they're all going to be fine players. And that's what I talked about in the pre uh, pre draft process. But again, like you said, it's hard to build a competent winning team, especially with so much turnover in those teams. Two schematic ones that I just wanted on the okay. record before we got started. Both of these are takeaways from my travels over the last month or so. The dolphins will have the biggest influence on offenses league wide from last okay. season. You will see a lot of motion in the same mm. way that the Dolphins did, where you're getting to that speed motion and having the receiver in motion. You're getting guys out onto the perimeter and using mm-hmm. that to turn into your vertical passing game. Yeah, you you will see a lot more of that this season across the NFL. The other thing that you will see, this is very nitty gritty, but I wanted to document it somewhere. The Dol- I talk every coach I talk to, I always like to ask, "What did you watch this offseason? Like, what's yeah. the most interesting thing you saw another team do? Where's and- the copycat coming from?" Like yes. that, that's yeah. And so three different offensive coordinators, three okay. told me that it was the way that the dolphins protect some of their play action concepts out of 11 personnel by pulling a guard yeah. or any really personnel package dash yep. protection is what some teams call mm-hmm. it. You will see that that's all so over school. the league this year. Dash all protection over the is, league. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that is going to be, in my opinion, the Miami motion. Miami motion is the way that I was talking about it with people and that DAS protection stuff that the Dolphins do. That is like two of the smaller schematic trends in the NFL that I think will be very, very popular this year. And you I have who, not talked about it yet and just wanted it on the record somewhere. You know who else does the jet motion into vertical stuff? The Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, but I bet you no one was watching Falcons tape last year. <laughs> I can't wait for them to go six and eleven. I just have to delete every take I've had for the last year. Uh, but yeah, but uh, no, that's that's super interesting. Uh, the creativeness with motions, and I remember we. I think I'm trying to remember which show we did this on, but I was saying that like you know what's cool is a million motions. You know what's cooler is a billion motions. Like that, 
teams are just realizing what they can do with it. They're yeah. it's getting even more weaponized. So it and again, these are younger coaches. They're more creative and more willing to. I'll say I'll say get influenced by like Quentin Tarantino does not steal, but he gets influenced by an homage to other movies. Just all like of this these guys grew up in, in a in a video store. All these guys grew up in a football video store. The guys that they we're did, watching though. throughout the league right now. <laughs> Mike McDaniel literally because his dad was the video guy. <laughs> so he literally all, did, except for these film. guys are all they've lived in a world of advanced technology. They, they've yep. lived in the football video store their entire careers. Yeah. Last one. You alluded to it a little bit. I would not be surprised if we started to see the defensive pendulum start to swing back this year. Yeah. You're I don't think it'll happen wholesale. It'll be in little bits and pieces, but I think we're starting to see it. The amount of man the Eagles will play compared to what they did last year. These teams that we talked about in the NFC North that are tired of getting punched in the face and the changes yeah. that they want to make. The Vikings going from Ed Donatel to Brian Flores being the most extreme example, but I think that the Packers, you'll see more man coverage from the Packers in third down situations. You'll see heavier boxes from some of these teams that just aren't going to let other teams run on them. Mm -hmm. The shift that the Browns are going to undertake going from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz, there'll be more man coverage in those situations. They will be playing in heavier boxes. Teams are just going to get tired of getting punched in the face Mm -hmm. and you will see some tweaks around the league that speak to that frustration with what the previous defensive meta was doing. Yeah. I don't know how, again, how drastic it will be, but yeah. I think that we will start trending back in that direction this season. I, 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 I can already see in the preseason. And again, you don't want to like extrapolate too much from it, but you do see teams going more man and also more blitz heavy, which yeah. usually tied in together. Um, not always, but usually. And also what I think is interesting, just going off of it was I'm seeing some protection rules change. Because teams are their blitzes have become so like a lot of the blitzes teams run now, you'd only have to worry about against Rex Ryan, but everyone mm-hmm. runs them now. So now it's like so what used to be a one off, maybe once every couple of years you play Rex Ryan. Now it's like half the league is using these blitzes. So you see some protection rules changing, which I think is very interesting. I, I can't really kind of confirm what I'm seeing, but I want to watch that when the season unfolds. But also the other coverage and tied to one man or to man coverage is the one double stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the, what usually was just to be a Patriots tree stuff and maybe spags. You're seeing everyone run it now. Just these double, Hey, everyone's got two weapons on offense now. Okay. We're going to put our best corner. The freaking Packers did this against Justin Jefferson. So it, it's the, you're going to, I think that's going to be even more popularized because I think I've seen maybe a half dozen, eight teams do it. And I think it's going to be more than half this year, just to tie into what you're saying as well. And the, I think one of the things to take into account with the man coverage teams is that we've seen the importance of cover two as a changeup to man coverage. Yep. Mm-hmm. What the Cowboys have done with Dan Quinn, I think you'll potentially see that as a central idea from the Vikings with Flores, mm-hmm. from Jim, Jim Schwartz used to do a little bit of this. I think you'll see that cover two dial cranked up just yeah. a little bit because you can't play as starkly in aggressive man coverage as you used to just because of how good offenses are but i think playing more man with a little bit more cover too is a changeup than it might have been five years ago when yep. teams are playing all this man i think that could potentially be where it settles it, it's i uh like if like a baseball analogy is kind of weird i'm going to use another sport to, <laughs> to analyze this is what defenses have been doing to offenses the last couple of years and all the, the soft boxes and everything is they're making you try to take a walk. Like they're like they're yeah. challenging you. They're making an eight pitch count and they're making you be patient. What being man coverage is, I'm throwing 102 and you got to hit it. And then I'm going to throw 102 and you got to hit it. And I'm going to throw 103 and you got to hit it. That's what man coverage is. And some offenses can. Some offense can turn on that 102-mile fastball and hit it 450 feet, but some can't catch up to that heat. And that is that is the bet that they're trying to make. Rather than like, hey, what's bet Darren to be patient? No, Darren to hit her a fucking fastball. <laughs> Let's see you if they can hit You want to be the one who's dictating. Yep. I think there are defenses around the league that are tired of being dictated to, and I think that yep. you will see changes as yep. a result of that. Yeah. So I just it. wanted those yeah. things on the record like before the season started. I love it. I love it. No, that's great. Good right. show. That's all. <laughs> 
you didn't want to save that for after we stopped recording, huh? You just want to let that rip right before we got out of here? That was that was just, I'm just like, some of these takes, I just couldn't believe I even like, not even just wrote them down, but they actually came out of my mouth. And it's like, yeah, sure, why not? The Darnold one's fantastic. I just, I'm so glad that you're just sticking to your guns. Just sticking to my bits. So that's all we got. We have our five teams each for the season. Very excited about following those throughout the course of the year. Uh, it's just going to be fun to be invested and have, have a yeah. different sort of stake based on what's going to happen. So looking forward to that and looking forward to our next prediction show that we will have on Thursday. We will do awards. We will do all of that fun stuff coming to your feeds on Thursday. We do not have a show coming tomorrow. It's Labor Day weekend. We're not going to record on Monday. So no show on Tuesday. Prospects Pros will be back with you on Wednesday. And we are here, guys. And also, just one quick reminder, be on the lookout for our recap to Chiefs-Lions on YouTube following that game. We're going to do Thursday Night Recaps again this year, so we will be doing that after the opening game of Week 1. So please be on the lookout for that. I will give plenty of reminders between when this runs on Monday and when you will have to listen to that. For now, this is all we got. I appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was The Athletic Football Show.